you know what today's gospel reminds me of? Those of you who've been married may remember this moment. You are dating, and then you get engaged, and then you're planning a wedding, and then you have the wedding, and then you're planning a honeymoon, and then you go on the honeymoon, and then you come home, and you look at each other, and you go, what do we do now? <laughs> I guess we just love each other. I took a pickup job at my husband's company one summer. They were looking for a new receptionist, and so I worked part-time at the front desk to help out. But not everyone at the company knew who I was. One day, one of my husband's interns said, you know, I need to tell you something. I am a little uncomfortable with how familiar you are with that new receptionist. <laughs> and he said, it's okay, she's my wife. Uh, but there's something there then. There's something... We were not kissing at work, we were not being inappropriate, but there was something in the way we talked to each other and related to each other that this person who did not know us recognized we loved each other. We were in relationship with each other. Jesus says that in the gospel today, that that's how people will know that we are his followers, by how we love each other. They will know, they will see it. Do you see what I did there? I put us in the gospel. I put us in the place of the disciples. I think in that scripture is the living word. We are emboldened to do that. I think we're allowed to put ourselves in these stories and to try it on and see how it feels. If we look at the, the reading from Acts today, it's pretty easy to put ourselves in the place of the Gentiles. We're not Jewish. We don't do all of these things. We don't necessarily circumcise our children or eat specifically, and yet we are received by the Holy Spirit and that baptism. It doesn't matter how much money we have or what family we're from or where we're born or what college we went to. None of these things matter. What matters is who we are in God and that we can be baptized in that spirit. And that's wonderful. That's a really nice place to sit in. I think we can also be with Peter in this story. Poor Peter. Peter is struggling mightily. Remember that in our faith, we start from a place of belief. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. We'll all say that together, the creed. We start from belief, and that belief informs how we act. In Peter's experience, in his Jewish faith, how you act informs if you are known by God. They are given specific rituals and rules to do that lets everyone know that they are God's people. So all the things that they were talking about, the specific food and the, whether the people were circumcised or not, that showed that they were gods. And Peter had lived his whole life investing in this and feeling at right place with God with this. And then he has this vision, this vision that says maybe this thing you've been doing your whole life isn't wrong, but maybe it's not the only thing. And then he sees these men who are Gentiles who've never done any of those things receive the Holy Spirit. That's an uncomfortable place to sit in. And I think we can empathize with that too. We have things that we do. We have our prayer book and our hymnal. We have our mission work and our festivals and our concerts and things that make us us, that we've invested in and that we've done. And they're not bad things, and they mean they're not the only things. Yeah, I think we can be like Peter here too. Can we be both? Can we be both the Gentiles and Peter in, in the same story? 
Yes. <laughs> As uh, Whitney mentioned, I am in the, the process towards formation, towards ordination to the priesthood. And I have been spending this year attending many lectures and workshops and trainings offered by the diocese for people in the process to give us some of the tools that we will need in our journey. I recently went to one called Multicultural Leadership and Communication. It was a very long day. Um, and the tool that they told us to embrace in having hard conversations about racial reconciliation and white privilege and things that make us uncomfortable is to embrace both and thinking as opposed to either or thinking. And here's the example they gave us. Imagine you're married and you say, I love you, but you don't hear any of that I love you stuff. You're waiting to hear what's happening after that but, right? I love you, but you have to stop leaving your dirty socks on the bathroom floor. In that conversation, the love is pushed to the side, and the important thing in there is that you messed up, and we gotta talk about that. Contrast that with I love you and. I love you and we need to talk about the dirty socks on the bathroom floor. I love you and you love me and in the context of that love, dirty socks. <laughs> when I was reading the gospel and I thought about this new commandment that Jesus gave us, it seemed to me both and is one of the ways we can love each other through these harder times. I picked up a book at the Ridgefield Library used book sale a couple years ago written by Desmond Tutu. It's called God Has a Dream. He was the archbishop in South Africa during apartheid and in the reconciliation after. And this book talks about his work with other people in bringing about the new government, the new system that would exist after apartheid. And he said one of the important things is that they began with the understanding that they needed to have everyone there. They needed to have the people who had been hurt by apartheid at the table, and they needed to have the people who had been privileged by apartheid at the table that without hearing both perspectives, without allowing both and to exist in the room, whatever they developed after that wouldn't be a lasting peace. It wouldn't be in right loving relationship. I can't imagine anything harder than sitting in a room talking about what happened in apartheid and what we wanted to do moving forward. And yet this tool, this way of being, this both and gave them a path forward. I invite us to consider, as we take on this new commandment to love one another, that both and can allow us to love ourselves in these harder times. As we think about, well, here's an example for me. They're thinking about uh, redoing the hymnal, and my parents are church musicians, and I grew up, I, I was born in 1979, this hymnal is all I know. And if they take some of my favorite hymns out, I am going to have to have some very serious both and thinking happening here <laughs> to get through that. But both and also allows us to love each other as we have harder conversations. I love you. I love you and I never volunteered for nutmeg. I love you. And when I hear a gender neutral trinity, it makes me uncomfortable. I love you, and I'm so excited about what the Holy Spirit is doing in this church. I love you, 
and I see that we can all be a little uncomfortable about the future. I love you, and I can see that we are all ready to build this new future together. I love you. Amen. <laughs>